Pentecost, which we celebrate today, the mind of the church is on par with Christmas and Easter. On this day, the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles in the upper room, and that changed everything. It changed everything for the church in general, for us as individuals, as members of that church. And today, I have a simple homily, maybe far too simple for this solemn feast day. But we'll talk about the first Pentecost. I'll talk about that, what it tells us about the Holy Spirit, how Pentecost affects the church, and then us as individuals. And we're told that um, in our first reading, the Holy Spirit, the third person, the Most Holy Trinity, God, whole and entire, comes down upon the apostles in uh, the form of tongues of fire. And this is a familiar theme throughout salvation history, throughout the Bible. Fire is associated with God. Moses, the Lord appears to him in what? In the form of a burning bush, a bush that is burned yet not consumed. He leads Israel out, um, out of Egypt as a pillar of fire, God does. Later in the Old Testament, Elijah, the prophet Elijah, uh, is said to have arose like fire, that his word burned like uh, a torch. Then in that showdown on Mount Carmel between Elijah and the pagan prophets of Baal, he called down literal fire from heaven on the sacrifice that he had offered. This is a prefiguring of the fire of the Holy Spirit who transforms what he touches. Or think of John the Baptist who said to come in the spirit and power of Elijah. He said, I baptize with water. The one coming after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then Jesus himself said of the Spirit, I came to cast fire upon this earth and would that it were already blazing. This is what happens at Pentecost. The Father and the Son cast fire upon the earth, divine fire, the Holy Spirit. Now, the tongues of fire which descended upon the apostles, they specifically refer to that sacred character and divine authority of, of these apostles and their office to preach and teach the faith, which is passed down through, uh, to, through, down through today with the bishops and the Pope. Right? God sends the Holy Spirit upon the church to sanctify, to enlighten, and to strengthen. Right? The church was sanctified through the coming of the Holy Spirit because all the graces which Christ had won for us, that he wanted to give us, is bestowed upon the church, not just the apostles, not just the bishops and priests, but all the faithful. The apostles were enlightened by the Holy Spirit. They received the grace to understand the true meaning of all that Christ had told them, all that Christ had revealed to them. And they are strengthened with the coming of the Holy Spirit. They receive this supernatural fortitude so that Peter, right, who wilted under questioning uh, by a slave on the night Christ was betrayed. Do you know him? Three times he denied him. Peter, after receiving the Holy Spirit, boldly, audaciously preaches the gospel until he himself is martyred on the cross. Now, in our second reading, we are told that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That sounds like it's hyperbole, but it's true. The truth is, we would not come to Sunday Mass 
if it were not by the power of the Holy Spirit. We would not bend the knee in prayer if it were not by the power of the Holy Spirit. We would not resist sin if not by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see the actions of the Holy Spirit in these subtle ways, these ways we don't detect in the beautiful sequence that was recited before the Alleluia. In Latin, its title is Veni Creator Spiritus, Come Holy Spirit. It is called the Golden Sequence for its beauty and its very succinct way of expressing how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. You know, really, I think there's just one or two lines I want to comment on. We said, bend the stubborn heart and will. Now, I'll tell a personal story about this. 20 years ago, or excuse me, not 20, 18 years ago, I was a 20-year-old kid. I was a junior at KU, and I had fallen away from the faith. Um, I joined a fraternity. I got into all the party culture, and I had, you know, mass was something I went to only when I was home with my parents. I, I, had, I had fallen away. But I was invited to go to a class at the St. Lawrence Catholic Campus Center. And I said yes. Now, why would I say yes, right? Well, the Holy Spirit moves us in ways that we can't often describe. The class was taught by Mike Scherzlick from Holy Family School of Faith. Some of you may know him. He's a great teacher. The class was a basic introdu- introduction to the Catholic faith. I had gone to Catholic school up until college. I, I was falling away from the faith. One would think that I would leave that uninterested, that it was information that I already knew and had dismissed. But I came away from that class that night, and I felt a consolation and a joy that I hadn't felt in a long time, maybe never before. And in hindsight, I can see the action of the Holy Spirit, the Consoler, God drawing me to himself as he does us all. And he draws us with the Holy Spirit, who is the Consoler, the Comforter. It is like bells ringing telling us this is the truth. Accept it. Don't dismiss it. Don't ignore it. But of course, his work wasn't done, and it still isn't in me. Uh, At the time, there were many areas of church teaching, of what we believe, that in my pride, I had dismissed. In my stubbornness, I didn't accept. I thought I knew better than the church when it came to faith and morals. I didn't see how arrogant that sounds for, really, when we say such things, we aren't saying that I know better than Father Matt or a particular bishop or even a pope. We're saying I know better than a communist saint that stretches back 2,000 years. Really, if you think about it, we're saying I know better than Christ. It is Christ who is head of the church. The church is his body. It is Christ who has revealed these truths necessary for salvation, who sends his Holy Spirit to guide the church in all truth until he comes again. I didn't have the intellectual honesty um, to, to entertain such a thing didn't happen overnight there wasn't some some uh, uh, moment where I was knocked from the horse and all of a sudden I got it but the Holy Spirit who enlightened the apostles to understand the true meaning of Christ uh, that Christ had revealed if we're willing to give him an opening he will do the same with us and this one class that I attended that I attended again you know continued to take this class was the small opening the Holy Spirit needed to bend my stubborn heart and will, to bend the stubbornness and pride of my mind as well. By opening our life to the Holy Spirit, he will do the same to us. He will enkindle our hearts with the fire of God's own love. 
He will enlighten us to understand the teaching. He will bend our stubborn heart and will. He will incline our heart to God's will rather than our own. Where do we go to receive the outpouring of the Spirit today? Well, God's Spirit is, you know, I mean, what, what did I just describe? I was a fallen away college student and he drew me in and he can draw us all in. But our gospel paints a very specific picture for us. Our gospel is taken not from Pentecost Sunday, but Easter Sunday. The risen Christ appears to the apostles. He breathes on them, calling back to Genesis 2 when God breathed life into Adam, now breathing new life into the apostles. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, whose sins you retain are retained. He is giving to the apostles his own authority to go and forgive sins, right? Why this connection, uh, why this gospel on Pentecost? Well, I I would say this, our gospel is pointing to the sacraments, the sacraments that Christ instituted and gave to his church that have been passed down to today as the ordinary way that the Holy Spirit is poured out into our life. Yes, there are these moments, like I described, like I'm sure many of us could describe, where we felt the consoling presence of the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit drawing us or enkindling in our heart a greater desire for God. But the the sacraments are the ordinary manner in which God's Spirit is poured into our hearts, in which He enkindles within our hearts the fire of God's own love, which makes us lovers of God. My mind still needs enlightening. My stubborn heart and will still need to be bent towards God's will. But that is true of us all. So today, let us open our minds and hearts to the Spirit of God. Let us pray, come Holy Spirit, for the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth.